What's going on, y'all? Welcome to this bonus episode of When the Hunt Calls. Um, what I wanted to do here uh, for this particular, um, you know, episode was to kind of check in with um, Lantani, CEO and president of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Um, and what am I checking in with him about? Um, basically, the passing of the Great American Outdoors Act. So I wanted him, you know, with especially with BHA being a huge proponent of the, that piece of legislation, I wanted him to to kind of, you know, explain a bit exactly what the passing of the act means and then uh, kind of ask what's next now that it's passed and and all this funding is available. So uh, sit back, relax and enjoy this, you know, short episode and conversation again with Lan Tawny. All right, Lan. Thank you, man, for for joining me. I really appreciate it, brother. Uh, glad to do it again, and uh, hope you're well. Yes, yeah, same with you, man. Same with you. I hope COVID uh, didn't really uh, affect you, friends, or family. Uh, you know, over the last couple of months, everybody's safe, healthy. Everybody's safe and healthy. You know, I would say that I usually travel three or four times a month, and I haven't traveled since March, and so. There's been a huge blessing, I think, with all this that I've been home a lot more. Um, though, you know, it means I'm not on the road, like, talking to the people. So there's, you know, some complications with that. But, no, it's overall been good. How about you? Same here. Same here. Um, I've been blessed enough to still be working, you know, be able to provide for my family. Yep. Um, but it, I'm not going to lie, it's been scary because as a delivery driver, I'm in contact with hundreds of people every day. Mm-hmm. So it's I've got to be as careful as possible. But I'm fortunate that uh, I've been healthy. My family's been healthy. Same with friends. So good. Been blessed. Good. Well, it's great to hear. Thank you. So um, I wanted to have you on again um, because um, you and BHA have been uh, were, I should say, a huge proponent of the, the Great American Outdoors Act. Um, I believe we touched we touched on it briefly when we last spoke, um, and now it's it's been signed into law. You know, saying it's been passed. Um, so I wanted to know, um, you know, for my listeners that may not totally understand what the passing of it means, could you just real quick explain it? Totally. So there's, uh, you know, legislation is confusing lots of different parts, but this one is fairly simple. So there's two main pieces. The first piece was full and dedicated funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund. The Land and Water Conservation Fund's number one access tool in this country has been used in every single county in America, um, from swimming pools and ball fields to large kind of conservation purchases that provide opportunities for recreation. Um, and you know, it's been around since 1964, but only had full funding at $900 million, um, once or twice, excuse me. And, and so usually it's around 300, $400 million that's spread between 50 States. You know, it's, it's not, it's, there's been not enough money there to realize all the opportunities that we have. So now mm-hmm. in perpetuity forever, unless somebody passes legislation that, um, that, that changes this, we'll have $900 million every single year for access and conservation in this country. So absolutely amazing. Like I, that's just, I mean, it's, it's, oh. it's a lifetime win. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So I thought this was going to be for just a short time, maybe for the next year or the next four or five years. So this means unless 
unless somebody, some politician pulls, uh, you know, lobbies for it to be repealed, this money will go on forever, every year, Ever. on and on. Nice. So, so it's nine hundred million dollars a year. So that's like, I mean, it's it's literally, I mean, it's 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 game changing in a lot of ways, um, and partly is because people can actually plan, knowing that that money is going to be there. So a lot of projects. Um, can go forward that before might have been in question because you never knew how much money was going to be in this fund. So super stoked about that. That's the first piece. The second piece is uh, really there's been a backlog of maintenance on our public lands, our national mm -hmm. parks in particular. I think they have like a 14 billion with a B kind of backlog maintenance on our national parks. Overall, it hovers around 20 billion on just infrastructure that needs to happen so we can all access uh, safely our public lands and waters. And so it's the other part of the bill basically gives $1.9 billion for five years. So that's $9.5 if I'm doing my math right, mm -hmm. at the end of those five years, that will go back to infrastructure. So these are things like maintaining roads. These are things like updating facilities so that they're, um, you know, have modern codes or like, you know, redoing bathrooms. I mean, there's just simple kind of facilities things mm -hmm. that as more and more people go and visit our public lands, and I'm we're in you know, we're in the middle of this COVID thing and I have Yellowstone Park and Glacier Park here in Montana in my backyard. Even during COVID, they're seeing like record numbers of visitation. And what's crazy about that is that it's hardly any folks outside of the United States. Um, it's mostly people from the United, the United States that are going to our national parks during COVID. And so those numbers are just jumping through the roof. Well, we got to have the facilities uh, to, to really so that people have a good time when they're there and can be safe. So that's those. Those are the two basically big pieces of the bill: is the maintenance piece, which I was just talking about, and then the nine hundred million dollars a year in perpetuity for the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Nice, nice. It's funny that you you mentioned all that the backlog of work that needs to be done because one of the things I noticed I subscribed to a newsletter from the New York State DEC, and mm -hmm. um, one of the things I've been getting a couple of emails over the last week have been. Um, like uh drafts for like the dc releasing drafts for access to, to public use and and drafts of access and public use plans for different wildlife management areas that's um, right yeah so it's it's and it's for different wmas that are that are popping up um so which is pretty cool and i'm assuming that's because they now know this this money is here so they can and they can start planning accordingly and they, they're even given um the public uh the opportunity to provide comments um on the plan and so on um so but these are all things so should a lot of people um start expecting to see stuff like this um in their areas i would say absolutely so you know i think again like we, we we're talking about certainty right and so like when mm -hmm. an agency knows that, that money's going to be there they can actually start to plan for real and so certainty has definitely been created by the passage of this law which money will then come on board starting in 2021 and to me like like yeah i mean i, I think you know that that is one of the next steps is like actual implementation of the land and water conservation fund. And so I think these opportunities, you know, to engage and um, so awesome to hear that there's some public comment opportunities, you know, that you're able mm -hmm. to, to realize because that's, again, like that's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease and we, the people help, you know, decide how our government 
runs, but only if we're engaged. And so it's, I'm stoked to hear that it's not only happening um, and that, that and you know about it and that, you know, hopefully more and more listeners will have these opportunities to engage on places in their own neck of the woods. Copy that. Um, all right. So uh, in, the legislation is passed. What, yeah. What's the next steps? I, mean, I think we gotta like we gotta cheers over the airwaves, right? Like we gotta celebrate. You know, <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of these things take a long time, you know, and they don't happen overnight. And you know, the propensity is to, you know, okay, we got that one done. Now let's go do the next, right? I think part of this is like celebrating, and mm-hmm. I think there's the celebrating of you know what this is going to mean for our country going forward. I mean, again, that backlog of maintenance being taken care of the $900 million a year, like that's just rad stuff. But the other thing I think that we need to celebrate is like the, the people like made this happen, right? Like the people mm-hmm. made like their elected leaders listen to them. And in a time where, you know, a lot of us, you know, including myself sometimes think my voice doesn't count. And, you know, like this is, it's all this huge game, which in a lot of ways it is. Like, this was a place where people's voices counted. And so I think we should take stock in that. We should celebrate that. And then we should remember that, like, as we go forward, right? Like, mm-hmm. this was a huge effort. Lots of energy was put around it. Lots of awareness. Well, how can we continue that momentum, right, and to do other things? And so I'd, I'd say celebrate, like, kind of, you know, uh, recalibrate, I would say. And so what's next? Um <laughs> What's next? I think that, you know, I think there's going to be things that we'd already talked about. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to implement the Land and Water Conservation Fund at a local level. And so really pay attention to, you know, your local, if it's the, you know, Department of Environmental Quality, if it's the, you know, the Fish and Game Agency, whatever it is, like those opportunities for you to weigh in um, on projects, you know, it's absolutely important that you use your voice there. Um, so that was, I would say that's at a local level. Um, but again, like, take that energy that we got from the great American outdoors act and let your voice counted and use that at the local level. Um, at a federal level, you know, I've been actually, it's been kind of interesting. The, I thought, you know, the, all the, all the appetite to do public lands work, you know, having this get passed would be kind of gone until next year in 2021. Um, just because, you know, Congress only has so many days to do things and, and only so much energy for, you know, public lands issues. But I would say that things are not slowing down and there's there's potentially an opportunity for after the election during this lame duck season that they call before a new administration takes place or takes, you know, takes the helm or Mm -hmm. it's the same administration. But you have a transition between legislators as well um, is that there's an opportunity for like a public lands package there. And this would be individual things um, like uh, there's some conservation stuff going on here in Montana and Colorado, Idaho all parts of the country. And so basically all these bills will be put into one they call an omnibus bill. And so every legislator wants something for their home state. And basically they put all this stuff together and so that we can pass it as a whole thing. So there's a lot of energy around that. So I would say that's habitat protection. So stay tuned on that piece. The one that I think that's a big, 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 big one that we're going to be pivoting to is a thing called the Recovering America's Wildlife Act. Mm-hmm. And the Recovering America's Wildlife Act is basically trying to make sure that we keep common species common. So rough grouse, white-tailed deer, turkeys, trying to make sure that we maintain those populations. And then these other popula- other species that are in danger of being put on the threatened or endangered species list, let's do everything we can to keep them out of the emergency room. And so doing habitat um, work, doing uh, this kind of um, 
I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these species don't even have like population estimates on them and like where the trends are. And so this money basically um, would come from similar uh, structure from the land and water conservation fund, where it would come from oil and gas development, really just any kind of extraction off of public lands and public waters. And then that would go back into kind of state agencies to do conservation work uh, to, again, keep common species common and then keep these other ones out of the emergency room. So um, a lot of habitat money work there and mm-hmm. um, and pretty exciting stuff. And so that's if that got fully realized. I think it would be – don't totally – I guess we're on air, but I think it's like just north <laughs> of $2 billion um, a year for that in perpetuity. Um, so that would you know be a great combination where Land and Water Conservation Fund is mostly about access. This would be about like kind of like the habitat and the species. So that's a huge one that we're pivoting to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think that this one's not sexy at all, but super important is that one of the reasons why we had that, you know, that 20 billion or $20 billion plus backlog of maintenance on our public lands and waters is because we have not been doing a good job to care and feed our uh, public lands and waters through the budgeting process. Mm-hmm. And so overall, you know, conservation funding has gone down in the overall budget that we have here in the United States. And so um, trying to increase those budgets um, is definitely a priority for us. Um, I think that, you know, again, the more that these issues are top of mind for people, the more important they come. And so I think there's a great opportunity for us to get uh, better funding for our public lands and waters of this next uh, kind of budgeting cycle, which would start, uh, I would say, early next spring. Wow. All right. So even it's it's while the passing of the Great American Outdoors Act was a huge win, there's still a whole lot more to do now. Yeah, you know, I I think that our work's probably never done. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean to say that as like defeatist. You know, I think uh-huh. that uh, you know this this what we this unique heritage that we have here in the United States. Um, you know, is something that we're gonna have to care and feed forever, and these mm-hmm. problems will never be solved. I mean, if I would love. You know that yes, that if we um, you know we get done everything that we need to do, and I could go off and do something else for work, and um, uh, I would love that. But I think this is going to be something that, again, that people, whether that's at a local level and figuring out how things are managed, which we've already talked about today, or at a federal level, there's always going to be a need for us to stay engaged. And whether that's somebody trying to take something away from us or us trying to maximize opportunities um i think you know the diligence is on us to stay engaged got it all right well thank you man i appreciate that um now i guess one final question is i wanted information on um something that i came across uh just last month um so apparently donald trump jr had tweeted about um basically that he was in as a sportsman was in support of or basically um basically saying that he was mentioning something called bristol bay yep um and a, and a, a pebble mine um yep. would you be able to to elaborate on that for me tell me what that issue is about um totally. and what makes it so important yeah so bristol bay is up in alaska um, there is a mine that has been proposed called Pebble Mine that would be at the headwaters of Bristol Bay. Bristol Bay realizes some of, or I think it's the largest sockeye salmon um, run in the entire world. And so wow. it's like this critical resource that's important to the indigenous communities up there. It's important to commercial fishermen and it's important to sports fish folks. It's like this, this unique, unique habitat. So 
Don Trump Jr. has been up in fist there. I don't know how many times, but he's definitely been up there. Um, there is this proposal going through the EPA, basically greenlighted it and said that there was never that that no matter what happened with that mine, there would never be a problem with salmon, which is absolutely ridiculous. This mine is proposed on the largest fault line in Alaska for earthquakes, and it would be the largest, if realized, earthen dam in the world. And so you're putting this large earthen dam, right, on top mm. of the largest fault. Like, there's going to be a problem at some point. Um, and so Don Trump Jr. came out and was like, man, this is not a place for a mine. And, you know, I think that was awesome um, and definitely used his kind of bully pulpit to speak his mind. And so then just, uh, was it last week, the Army Corps of Engineers, who has to, uh, is one of the agencies that has to give a permit for this, said, whoa, 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 we think that there's going to be effects on salmon, and your plan doesn't address those effects. And so what we've basically done is push pause on development of this mine. And um, it doesn't mean the mine, you know, that 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 the, the um, Army Corps of Engineers could come out in six months and be like, all right, they've done all their due diligence, we think that mine can still go forward. Like, that could still happen. But as we are right now, we kind of got to uh, push pause on it, and Bristol Bay is safe for now. And I would say, again, like politics, you know, is crazy. And I think that's partly what led to the passage of the Great American Outdoors Act, which is election politics. But I think election politics are playing into this decision around Pebble Mine. And I, you know, some people are disgusted by that. I would definitely take it because it's working in our advantage this time. Got it. All right, man. You thank you so much for taking the time out. And you're, <laughs> oh man, you know, anytime, dude. I always like talking to you, man. Are you, are you getting nah. ready for the fall, dude? I am so ready. Yeah, you don't even know. Um, it's it, you want to know, know why the the biggest issue is. Um, I I think things are shaping up a little bit better for me outside of hunting, and and what I mean with that is has been, uh, the support of my wife. You know what I'm saying? Because I always want. I basically, you know, when I when I took up this endeavor, um, I was taking baby steps because I didn't want it to leave, like you know make a negative impact on my family life. So yep. I hunted like last year's whitetail season, I hunted only three days total. Um, you know what I'm saying? So uh, this year it seems like um, my wife is a little bit more on board, which as um, you know, by uh, showing kind of a united front, it, it leaves, it makes a more positive impact with my kids. But totally. um, I still don't expect to be away from home. And then on top of that, um found a piece of public land that's less than an hour from my house yeah so, so that's huge for me considering the land i was hunting last fall was three hours from my house so uh, a huge huge difference so um and i've got a, a great mentor who i've got a shout out and um you know he's a huge fan of yours uh, his name is Anthony Bamback, and he's the assistant director of a deer management program of a wildlife preserve, which is what I'm going to be hunting, like I said, cool. less than, than an hour from the house. And um, so done a lot of scouting um, and, and just expecting big things, man, expecting big things. Good. I can hear it in your voice, man. And I think, <laughs> yeah. you know what, the greatest thing I got out yesterday um, and did a work meeting and, and we chased grouse around got on the river. It was this amazing little thing, but the best thing was what that did for me mentally. Right. And like the opportunity and all this craziness to go out in the woods and shut everything else out, you know, like I wish you all the luck on harvesting an animal, but no, you're going to find some solace out there too. 
Dude, just scouting, just scouting yeah. uh, brings yeah. me that solace. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've told everyone else I was a big old scaredy cat when um I went out scouting by myself. And being in the woods alone is humbling. Is <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, I, I felt like some like Blair Witch vibes going, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so it, it creeped me out a little bit, but then it's I, I got I got used to it. So so, so um it, it's just fun and I, and I got that that solace you were talking about. You know what I'm saying? Felt really comfortable out there. It kinda Good. had a Zen moment out there. Good man. Well, uh cheers to more of that. Um cheers, let's celebrate the Great American Outdoors Act and then Amen. Uh, at some point, right, like things will get back to some semblance of normal and hopefully we'll be able to do this cheersing in person. Agreed. Agreed. I look forward to that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. No problem. Thank you, man. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, you as well.